Lift your voice and begin to pray in the Thank you, Father. Lift your hands to the Lord. Now we need to understand as our eyes are closed that the key to hosting the presence of God is reverence. If you want to benefit anything meaningful from God, you have to show him reverence anytime you are before him. God despises those who despise him. And our sensitivity and reverence toward the Lord really, really matters. Which involves our postures, like our hands that is lifted, like our eyes that are closed looking upon him. Like we turning away every distraction. They are all postures of reverence. The reason why normally we don't show him reverence is because we don't know him. Last week we began to look at the attributes of God and then we saw that this God is self-existent. He does not need any man to approve him. He doesn't need any man to sustain him. He is unchangeable. His purposes, his ways, everything about him is perfect. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at the same time. This is the God we have come to. The judge of all. To the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. This is the God we have appeared before. And the only thing we can do is to revere him. Because when we stand before him, we see a nothingness. Isaiah said, For I want to me, for I am an undone man, filled with iniquity. This is the God we've come to. And we must show him reverence. Now, in one minute, you just want to adore him in your own language. In your own words in in the kind of understanding you have about him now begin to adore him and adore him in words lift your voice in one minute oh jesus how i adore you you are so beautiful worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power glory riches blessings honor wisdom and all the power the joy of the whole world you are great in zion all your ways are righteous and all your works are holy forever we'll praise you because you are the king of glory blessed be the name of the lord we honor you we hail you most high from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same your name is to be hallowed blessed be the name of the lord king of zion king of zion we bless you for your name is great and greatly to be praised blessed be the name of the lord we thank you for this opportunity to stand in your presence it's a privilege not a right it's a privilege to be here it's a privilege to worship you it's a privilege to draw close to you it's a privilege to be drawn to you and we don't take this privilege for granted 
we revere you lord we hallow you you are most holy most holy you are most holy thank you father thank you father so this morning we want to just let you know how beautiful you are you are so lovely when we turn you around everything about you your nature your attributes everything about you all around is beautiful you are holy this morning we are before a holy God and only you are holy and we acknowledge it in our lives thank you for purging us thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus thank you father that you chose us in you before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before you in love thank you that in you we have redemption through your blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of your glory wherein you have made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence thank you father for your knowledge and power for your glory and beauty that worketh in us this morning we ask that you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with might by your glorious power unto all patience and joy. Thank you, Father. That as we all with unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror, the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even us by the same spirit. Thank you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Hey, we forgot to shout to the king. Now, rise up on your feet. Now, you see, there is something. You know, there's there's a song sung by Don Sinoyigan. He said, You won't come without a sound. It's the protocol of the king. So we lift our hands to you. Maranatha. We are not singing it. Hallelujah. So there is a sound we need to produce in heaven to let heaven know that we are here. Are you getting this thing? So we are going to shout for 20 seconds. Now listen, if you, if, if you don't shout, you are not living in obedience which means that every blessing in that shout you forfeit it are you here with me so now now we are doing this by revelation psalm 100 the verse 1 psalm 100 the verse 1 i love it i i just love to do the word of god because that's where the prophet is he says make a joyful noise unto the lord O ye lands give me some 95 some 95 he says oh come let us sing unto the lord that's why we sing in church let us make a joyful noise to the what rock of our salvation so we are making this noise to the one who saved us because you see there is there is no thanks there is no noise making in the grave that's why the cemetery is always silent to prove that this place is not a cemetery we are shouting to let him know we are alive because he gave us life are you ready one two give a shout glory
Please be seated. I love the Lord. My goodness. Jesus will love you. Maybe you have to sing. You have to learn this song. Jesus, we exalt you. We proclaim you are king. Standing here in the midst of us. We raise you high with our praise. And as we worship in your throne. And as we worship in your throne. And as we worship build your throne, come on Jesus and take your place. Jesus, we enthrone you. Jesus, we enthrone you. Do you understand this song? We proclaim you are king. Standing here in the midst of us, we raise you high. We raise you high with our praise. Sing it as we worship, and as we worship, build your throne, and as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. And as we worship, <laughs> and as we worship, build your throne. Can you sing it? And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. For the last time, as we worship. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. Thank you, Father. Be enthroned. Be enthroned. Be enthroned, Lord. Be enthroned. Thank you, Father. 
We bless your name and give you praise. The King of Zion, we exalt you. Thank you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. For thou art great, and thou art clothed with majesty and honor and power. Your greatness is unsearchable. And we bless your name and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So we uh, began looking at a series that we started on what's new about the believer. Now that you are born again, what next? These are foundational teachings that the church has lost. So, so many Christians are born again without knowing what to do. Without knowing who they are in Christ. Without knowing the reality they have entered into. Like I always say, it takes a split second to be born again. But will take your entire life knowing that experience of that salvation you received. Salvation is a whole package. It's a whole package. It's a totality of God's goodness. So in Philippians chapter 2, the verse 12, he says that you should work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that verse did not say work for your salvation. He says work out. There is a difference between work for and work out. Work for means you must attain it. You must make it happen. There is no verse in the Bible that tells us to work for salvation because someone else did that work. His name is Jesus. He's the savior of the world. The Bible says you should work out. Now if I give you an equation and I tell you work out this equation x squared plus y squared is equal to 27 work out this equation now what i'm telling you is not to derive your own answer because every equation has an answer already before you decided to do or work out that equation are you getting that one plus one is two in ghana is two in china and is two in jamaica are you following that so when we say 1 plus 1 is equal to, we are not saying put your own answer there. The answer you came to meet is what you should derive. So you are to expand your salvation to find out its full magnitude. That is what it means to work out your salvation. So God is saying that salvation is so great. Work it out by expanding it. Discovering its full magnitude to influence your life. So, are you getting this? So, what we are doing for you and to you and in you is to help you to work out your salvation. Are you following this? You are not here with me. Are you following this? So, by teaching you what's new about your life is one of the ways we work out our salvation. 
with fear and trembling means without any iota of pride or self-effort in you thinking you are making it happen are we following this now when you read the book of Philippians chapter 3 the verse 1 the Bible says finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous but for you it is safe Paul was teaching us something about the power of repetition the power of saying the same thing now in fact anybody who always wants to sound new and deep is on his way to error are you following this thing anyone who always wants to sound new and deep is on his way to error we are not to be creative with scriptures there is no room for creativity with scriptures or oh, someone said this someone used john 3 16 to preach about giving so let me find a way how i can preach john 3 john 3 16 is john 3 16 please are we following this thing so don't try to apply creativity with scriptures are falling into that error several times until the lord delivered me are we following this so Paul is saying that to say the same things to you is not grievous in fact if you are in a church that you are not hearing the same things over and over and you are always hearing something new it's dangerous Apostle Paul kept writing the same things in his letters why? because he says that it is for your safety so the safety of the believer's soundness in the faith is to keep repeating the faith in 2nd Peter chapter 1 the verse 12 the Bible says wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though ye know them and be what established in the present truth <laughs> this is a serious matter here uh, so there are times you can hear me teach something you already know in fact you have known it for the past two years then you hear me repeat it it's not because I lack revelation or I don't have any better thing to say but the more of the same truth you hear the more established you become listen you don't know a truth yet as you ought to know no matter how much you think you know about that truth there are truths I started teaching two years ago I am now understanding them in fact I understood praise and worship more deeper in this year meanwhile I have taught it so your establishment is in the same things you hear over and over your safety is in the same things you hear over and over in fact it was strange doctrine strange, strange things that brought the fall Adam always knew that he's not supposed to touch this tree until he had a new doctrine that hey 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 there is a higher level if you take this tree you become like God knowing good from evil that is what has swayed many Christians the same way today 
They want to taste fresh things. I'm teaching you here. So the things you hear about prayer, you keep hearing them. The things you hear about salvation, you keep hearing them. It will never change. For the next 20 years, as long as you are here, you hear them. I don't want to be modding with truth. Praise God. So what I'll do to you so that at least you get it fresh is I'll change the title. <laughs> Amen. I'll just change the title and repackage the same thing to you again. Is that fine? Alright. So, um, we began to look at what's new about the believer. And we said that the first thing that is new about the believer is that he has a new nature. That's the born again spirit. New nature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have a new nature and you must discover that truth. Hear me. Christianity is a life of discovery. Write that down. Christianity is a life of what? Discovery. Now, there is a very important thing to note about discovery. Discovery is not something that appears as new. Discovery means the thing has always been there and your eyes are now being opened to it. Are you following that? So, whatever God has made you, he has already made you. But it takes discovery. Hallelujah. It takes discovery to come to recovery of a reality that already is true about you. So, the power of discovery is recovery. If you discover, you recover. Are you following this thing? So, what I'm doing to you by making you discover who you are in Christ is so that you recover everything you have lost by your ignorance. That is why you don't joke when the word of God is coming to you. Hallelujah. The second thing that is new about the believer is what we call a new power. And that new power is the one. Oh, this class is not healthy. That's the new power in you. And it's that power is the greatest of all. So, so, so that new power is what is supposed to serve as a guidance to your life. You have explained that the, the third thing, the new guide. What is that guide? The word of God is your compass. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's your guide. That's your new guide. Number four is a new privilege. What's the privilege? Prayer. Please, these truths are to be applied if you want it to be powerful in your life. So the privilege we have today is prayer. You will benefit by praying. You benefit when you put this truth to work. Number five is a new what? Relationship. Remember, we said you have a new relationship with four systems. Number one is who? God. Now God is your father. Number two is what? Sin. You are what? Dead to sin. 
sin no longer has power over you listen it is your understanding of the cross that destroys the potency of sin in your life whatever is not found in the cross cannot be found anywhere are you following what I'm teaching you so if you are into any kind of sin or addiction and you are trying to deal with it outside of the cross you are wasting your time it will come again because the history of the the history and the future of sin ended in Christ it happened in Christ so today we define sin in the light of Christ's redemptive work what he did to sin is how we understand and practice are you following this thing number three is what your relationship with the world the bible tells us not to love it in first john 2 15 in james 4 4 the bible says we are not supposed to be friends with the world we're not supposed to be fond of worldliness because it corrupts and if you've been here I, I, I taught the last time that there is a difference between Egypt okay and um, Babylon if Satan couldn't resist you from coming out of Egypt he will make sure he will put you into Babylon so to come out of Egypt is to come out of sin and the devil's dominion over your life so when Satan realized that he couldn't do anything to keep you unsaved or in your sin and you are now born again the next strategy is to design Babylon so you realize Israel was out of Egypt but by rebellion and wrong choices they ended up in what? Babylon and remember uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were, were in Babylon these were Hebrew men who were put in Babylon so, 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 Daniel and his colleagues were Jewish people who spoke Hebrew, but they were in a new um, um, nation called Babylon, which had a new language. Just like a believer has a new language in a different world. So, what Babylon sought to do was to change certain aspects of their lives and influence them so what happened was that the king wanted to change their language he wanted to change their diet check your bible well because Daniel said I purpose in my heart not to defile myself with the king's vanities he wanted to change their upbringing that's their training he wanted to change their wine what they drank he wanted to change what they worship from a golden image in fact from God to a golden image please are we following this thing at all so that is what Satan is doing to us today the language represents prayer The diet represents the word of God. Satan wants to feed you with something else. That is not the word of God. The wine signifies the spirit life. 
do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit so wine is compared to the spirit they didn't drink that wine worship of the golden image was idolatry satan wants to replace a gaze of worship are we following that so he also wanted to change their training so if you check daniel 1 and you read down you're going to see that they wanted to train them in a certain way now likewise to us they are spiritual disciplines there are people today who don't believe in fasting again. They are the thing that will help them grow spiritually are the things they are exchanging. Spiritual disciplines are a training, it's a gateway to expand and enlarge capacity. If Satan gives you a new training, you can grow as a child of God. I'm teaching good here. And that is what the world system is seeking to do. And, and guess what? Guess what? You, the king also wanted to change their name that means their identity as Jewish people was also changed so Daniel's name was changed from Daniel to what? Belshazzar are you following this thing? so that is identity, Satan wants to change your identity until you don't even know who you are anymore in Christ he wants to make you feel you are an addict so that is what the Babylonian system which is called the world system seeks to do in your life to corrupt the image of God in your life until you are swallowed up in it so if Daniel did not hold his ground he would have been swallowed by Babylon if the believer doesn't hold his ground he will be swallowed up by the world system I know of someone who went to Canada in less than a year this guy was like a pastor by the time he entered Canada in less than a year now he has pierced three and, he's, and uh, uh, he has gymmed he's looking good and then he has done his you know you know that rasta kind of thing this was a pastor now a nigger a Canadian nigger so hear me if you are not like Daniel in Babylon who holds his ground can you imagine that they were not supposed to pray for 30 days and Daniel still prayed in fact when he heard it he just went to go back to go and pray immediately listen if you keep obeying the world you'll be lost in it the movies the social media opportunities you know all the kind of things the world has designed it's to swallow you up in it yes so like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stood their ground the believer must stand his ground I've told you last week that you know the fish lives in the sea the salt water is very dangerous any animal in fact any kind of fish surviving in the sea has designed a certain mechanism in itself that resists the sea water from entering them and the fish uses its fins to resist the salty water from entering him so that means that the salty water he's living in is dangerous the world you are living in is dangerous so if you don't design a mechanism to resist the world from entering you the world enters you to destroy and corrupt the integrity God wants to establish in your life yes I'm telling you we are not fools when we are resisting certain things in the world 
we are preserving the grace upon our lives so you have a new relationship with the world I'm teaching good here number six we said you have a new family and the family is the church number seven we said we ha you have a new what reminder which is what the Lord's supper or the communion like minister godwin said you're supposed to take the communion every day in my prayer room i have communion you know the one you mix you don't need to buy the one in the already made one because it's expensive just buy vim too and mix it Praise God. Someone says, How do you mix the blood of Jesus? Jesus is not complaining. He is not complaining. He is not complaining. So buy Vim too. Mix it. Pour it. Drink it. In fact, you quote you you read 1 Corinthians 11 from 22 downwards. You thank God for what He has done for you on Calvary. I do that sometimes as close to four times in a day. Because I've prepared it, I remember to do it. That's why I said, if your Christianity is not deliberate, you won't profit much from it. Everything you are doing as a Christian, you must be highly deliberate about it. If you come to my prayer room, everything I've pasted there is deliberate. Because, because of the fall that affected man, there was something in man that quickly forgets God. Are you hearing me? So to remember God, you must do it deliberately. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Huh. So you partake of the communion consistently. Anytime you do it, there's a remembrance of Christ that comes to you. And it's part of our war. Are you following this? Then number, number one, number, number eight, sorry. We said you have a new opportunity, which is giving. The issue on giving has been bastardized, abused. Some have taken it to the extreme. Some have milked people. Some have made money out of people in the name of ministry. One man said, Hey, if Jesus hadn't died, some business wouldn't have been opened. Because to some ministries, now business. But the fact that giving has been abused does not mean giving is not a potent activity in the kingdom. I was sharing when we finished our all night yesterday that giving forms a greater part of our spirituality that is why Satan wants to corrupt it he wants to put Christians in a place where they say ah, I won't give again he knows eh, that your wallet is close to your heart eh? take a man's wallet and look at his face have you noticed that even your wallet you don't want anybody to open it because you don't want to see how you don't want them to see how much you have because a, a man's heart is connected to his pocket his wallet that should tell you how serious this matter is on giving 
Someone says, there is nothing physical about Christianity. Listen to me. When you take physicality out of spirituality, there is nothing left. I'm telling you. Money is a physical tender. But hear me. It carries spiritual power. God can test a man with money. God can bless a man with money. God can bring a man low down because of money. Listen. Money, hear me carefully. Money is one of our highest expressions of worship when we know how to use it. Money can be used as one of our highest expressions of worship because money is connected to our heart. When we know how to use it, it can become worship to the Lord. Hey. If lifting up your hands physically to the Lord matters to him, bowing down and kneeling physically matters to him, what makes you think that money doesn't matter to him? So hear me, listen. Giving is also one of the highest expression of the character of God. So hear me carefully. If you are not a giver, you are not reflecting the nature and character of God. Because God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. So an imitation, you know, the, the proof that you are imitating God is in your giving life. Don't tell me you are Christ-like when giving is not part of that Christ-likeness. I don't milk people, so I'm bold to preach this. I'm not looking for your money. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? So hear me. Don't let anybody teach you out of giving. Because if anybody teaches you out of giving, something will affect your spiritual life. I know what I'm saying. There's one man of God in an attempt to explain that first fruit is a type and a shadow of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. He has completely bastardized the whole issue and concept of first fruit. Now, do you say that because the burnt offering has been fulfilled in the person of Christ, there's no need for giving offering? Do you realize that in the New Testament, Jesus fulfills all the offerings, but in the New Testament, Apostle Paul took offerings? Please, are you following what I'm teaching you? So, that same man of God also says that because Christ has died, there is no need to take communion because the body and the blood of Jesus has already been shed. So communion is obsolete. You see, this is what we don't understand. In the Israel celebration of Passover, you will notice the flesh of the lamb was roasted and eaten. The blood of the animal was put on their doorposts. Do you know that every year they have to remind themselves of what God did in the Passover? likewise in the new testament Christ shed his blood and gave his body and we are supposed to be reminded by taking the communion so the communion is the celebration of our Passover reminding us of how there was an exodus from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's light so that is how we celebrate that spiritual festival anybody who says it is obsolete does not have understanding because Jesus said as often Apostle Paul as often as you eat it Go and check your Bible. Even in heaven, we still eat communion. But in a better way. 
I'm teaching good here. So money cannot be a type and a shadow. The fact that Christ is our first fruit does not mean you can't give your first, first fruit to God. Please, I'm teaching good here, man. So there are five main givings in the Bible. Number one is tithes. Number one is what? Tithes. There's an argument that says that are we supposed to pay tithe in the New Testament? Says it, some says it was not handled by Paul. I am not looking for who handled it and who didn't handle it. I'm looking for the right understanding and perspective you are supposed to put this thing called tithe. Tithe simply means a tent. It means what? One tent. So it's not anything strange. It means one tent. That's all. Are you following what I'm saying? In the Old Testament, they were supposed to give to make sure the priests were okay. Are you getting this thing I'm talking about? But the truth be told, Abraham gave tithe before the Old Testament was established. And the understanding of Abraham should actually serve as a guide to our giving. Abraham returned from a battle and took spoils from war. On his way coming, he met a king. And he perceived that this king was not an ordinary king. He was the king of Salem, the king of righteousness, who was a type of Christ, having no father or mother. When he met the king, Abraham worshipped and bowed to him. And as a seal of a physical way of expressing that homage, that respect and honor, he gave him a tent. But remember, it was after the king blessed him by giving him wine and what? And bread that he gave him the tent. Now, that king was Christ in the Old Testament. Are you following this thing at all? Remember, he blessed him and gave him what? what wine and bread he gave it to abraham god was telling abraham that this wine and bread i'm giving to you is a shadow that the blood of jesus and his body will be given for your salvation and blessing and abraham sealed it with a tent so technically we don't actually give our tithe so we blessed we are blessed and in appreciation we give it Please, are you following this thing? So the thing is that if you have a source of income and then you receive it, it is a what? A blessing. If you choose to give a tenth of the portion of that blessing to God, it is treated in the New Testament as faith and as honor. It is not an obligation. It is treated as what? an act of faith and what? Honor to the king of kings and not just to the king of Salem. So Abraham's posture as the father of faith, now that we are in faith, we do the same. So actually, the tent actually is supposed to be the starting point in the New Testament because the early church did not give 10%. They gave all at the apostles' feet. Please, are you following this thing? So, 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 don't let anybody bastardize any form. If you choose that in the New Testament, I'm not under obligation, but I want to give a tenth to God. 
that tent is called what? Tight. Simple. Why are people destroying this thing? I don't know why people are just. You see, some people are just looking for an opportunity not to give. And it's an expression of your wickedness. When I caught this revelation, I, I couldn't give 10%. I've been giving above 20% for some years now. And this year, I'm actually giving 100%. You can ask these people here who count money. As it stands now, I'm the highest giver. And you guys know it. And if I tell you how God has taken care of me, I know that you don't need salary to survive. So, we said how many givings do we have in the Bible? Number one is tithes. Number two is offerings. And there is something about offerings. I'm going to read it to you very soon. See, it's a crime to come to church without offering. Except genuinely don't have it. In the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, God said, nobody should appear before me empty-handed. And God knew there were poor people in Israel. There is something offerings does for us that we have no idea of. Listen. The people that gave you money from this world, they are corrupt. We don't even know where the money passed before it got into your hands. We don't know the blood that has been spilled on that money you are holding. So one thing giving does is that when we give the little, God sanctifies the rest. You didn't get it. There are some monies you can withhold giving God and you can spend all that money on hospital bills. So people don't understand the spirituality of giving. Someone says, I've been giving. What has happened to me? You, you don't know that that sickness you have escaped from January till now is a blessing God actually gave for your giving. We don't know it. Sometimes some people come and will drop offerings and God lifts up something from them and they don't know. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. God can do tremendous things by faith and giving is an aspect of faith. When you do it, something will be produced in your life. There is something giving that to your heart. It softens your heart. Anyone who becomes a non-giver, his heart will be soon hardened. I know what I'm saying. The more you give to God, the more tender you become in your dealings with God and God's dealings with you. Yes. The more you give. God used giving to break me. I don't, I don't trust in mammon again. He can give me a huge amount of money through somebody and then God says, this money is not for you. Give it here. Last day you guys did pastor's appreciation giving for me. It was some good money. God says it's not for you. I'll show you a place to go and give it. First January, I went to Potter City and I went to sow it as a seed did I need that money badly but what God is doing to me is that he is training me not to depend not to have an ungodly attachment to money so he can supply more because if God cannot trust you he can't entrust you 
some of you by your attitude God has sealed in his heart that what will come into your hands for your lifetime is sealed forever it is limited because if he gives you in abundance he knows that God will be left out others will be left out his kingdom will be left out and you will start chasing women with that money what I'm teaching is a serious matter here the third kind of giving is called seeds sowing seed the, the name seed should tell you something so if money can be a seed that's a serious matter seed can be sown in church it can be sown in someone's life it can be sown in the life of a man of God this altar is a soil my life is a soil so people don't understand it they say why should you carry money and go and give it to a man of God for him to bless you you don't get it read the book of Luke chapter 8 the verse 2 people don't know, the, don't know the power of supporting men of God he says and the verse 2 he says and certain what women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities Mary called Magdalene out of whom went what seven devils look at the next verse and Joanna the wife of Chusa Herod steward and who Susanna I'm shocked there was no man and many others which what ministered they gave him out of their money to support Jesus ministry let me tell you something when you give a good genuine man of God money other people will be blessed others will benefit from it that's why you should give to us if I tell you the number of people I bless on a weekly and daily basis and I ignore myself you can't be my wife because you won't be happy I've always my wife is losing every day every day and someone will call me a fool but actually I'm wise every aspect of your life is being tested by God will you be found faithful so someone says my, my money now is limited I'm paying a lot of things so let me hold on with God when I get it I'll give God you see that is the first deception you are living in you may never get it and in fact because you are unfaithful with little you will soon also be faithful when much comes anybody who can never give God when he has 500 Ghana city salary can never give him when he has 5,000 I'm teaching you seriously now your 500 salary you couldn't give God 50 Ghana cities is it 5,000 that you you would think you would think that hey it me 500 mm. that means same fatter you won't say it but that's your heart that's what you believe that God doesn't deserve my 500 hear me seeds are very powerful if anybody tells you that when you give there's no blessing in it he has told you a lie yes because the bible tells us in Galatians 6 9 and 10 look at your, your bible some people in the name of new testament are just destroying everything 
telling us it's all about Christ and the finished work. So there is no need, there is no benefit, nothing. Give, don't expect anything. God will do it. Look, he says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall what? Reap if we faint not. There is something called reaping. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the verse 6 to 8. Check it. He says, but this I say, he which what? Soweth what? Sparingly shall reap sparingly. How you sow is how you harvest. Listen, we have seen Bibi in sequel. Nothing happens by magic. It works by principles. Have you noticed the law of gravity is still working after a thousand years? Have you realized the law of sowing and reaping is still working after a thousand years? He says that. There's a verse. I don't know if someone can help me. About this verse. Which says that um, seed time harvest. yes it says as far as the earth what remains what seed time harvest the, the seed is not seed time it's three seed time and harvest that means when you give wait Genesis 8.22 give that to me while the earth remained what seed time you know they added it actually separate seed time harvest so when a seed is sown, there's a place of timing, then harvest. So when you sow, be patient because you harvest it. Back to 2 Corinthians 9 6. Let me get something into your, your understanding. He says, And he that sowed what? Bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Look at the next verse. He says, every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not what grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. There is a special love that God has for givers. If you don't know, there are three people, groups of Christians who are dear to God's heart when asked God. The first is an intercessor. The second is a soul winner. The third is a giver. Because these people contribute highly in the stock exchange of heaven. Number one is who? The intercessor. Number two is who? The soul winner. Number three is the giver. Without these three systems moving, the kingdom of God will be greatly affected. Without intercessors, God will lose. Without soul winners, God will lose. Without givers, God will lose. So withholding is actually being a curse to the kingdom of God. You are cursing God's kingdom. You are saying God's kingdom must not prosper in my hands. And look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You'll be shocked though. Now, in fact, come to the verse 8 first. Let's finish reading. Remind me to do 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, when you give, there is a special blessing God gives to you. This one is for only givers. The Bible says, and God is what? Able to make what? All grace abound towards you, that giver, that always having all sufficiency in how many things? All things. 
So your giving can affect your entire spirituality. May abound toward every good work. Every good work. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4. I hope I'm right. The verse 15. Apostle Paul, <laughs> I love this one. When you go home, go and read this one. This one challenged me. He says, Now, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, none of the churches communicated, gave me or with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So Paul even complained that none of the churches helped him except the church and he used the word giving and receiving that means anytime you give there is what? receiving the verse I quoted to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 the verse 6 to 8 a man of God said that that verse has got nothing to do with money it's about sowing the gospel the context there was talking about money you said it is not give, it's, it's sowing the gospel What's the meaning of that? Why are people dishonest like that? When we talk about money, does it mean we love money? In fact, what do you do with that money? You see? Because I'm genuine in my heart and my ways, when I'm teaching on giving, I teach it boldly and with all confidence. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the verse 1 to 5. This one will shock you. So that the one saying that I am poor, I don't have money. When I have, I give you, you correct yourself the bible says now moreover brethren we do to you or we do you to wit of the what grace of god bestowed on the churches of what macedonia now before we continue let me add this to it remember i told you the last time that for an addiction to form in your life you first started what mechanically you started effortlessly. so if you yourself start watching pornography you can now watch it mechanically so you can choose that i watch it monday wednesdays and thursdays you can choose to do that but forgetting that there is a spirit in charge of that perversion called lasting immorality it's a spirit are you getting this as you do it mechanically with time a spirit in charge of what you are doing will take over an envelope you will argue and soon you don't do it in your energy again you do it in the energy of that spirit that's why you want to stop now you can't stop it is called an addiction you began something a spirit took over likewise in god's kingdom if you want to be a man of prayer what you do is to start it by discipline and you do it mechanically as you keep that consistency there is a spirit called the spirit of supplication that's the holy ghost he's in charge of prayer he will also hug and envelope you and soon you become addicted to prayer you want to stop but you can't stop likewise it is so with giving you will start giving mechanically sometimes painfully there's a man of God who increases his offerings every year irrespective of his current state and that's how God blesses life and as you give mechanically over time now God will place the spirit of grace of giving upon you now you give effortlessly and he supplies effortlessly in your life Listen, 
sometimes when you give, the returns God gives you is not money, but He will give you what you don't use your money to buy. So, if you wanted to use your money to buy a shoe, God can give you a shoe and you won't use your money to buy it. Are we following this thing? Is this teaching beneficial to your life? Please, when you go home, go back to the podcast, go back to YouTube, go and watch this video again. Look at the verse 2. He says, the verse 2, how that, ah, my goodness, this Macedonian church, how that in a great trial of affliction, <laughs> the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty he didn't say they were poor they were deeply poor in their deep poverty did what abounded unto the riches of their giving their liberality so poverty is never an excuse not to give there is nothing like I don't have in God's kingdom because you always have something Let me teach you a principle. Let's read. Remind me to teach you a principle. The verse 3. Let's finish it. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, that they were, they were what? Willing of themselves. Next verse. Praying as much. Praying as with much what? And treat you know what another she says they were begging Paul. Paul says, No, I know your financial state. Don't give me, I'm fine. They said, Paul, with a beg, take one of the money. Give that to me in another version, NIV. And they what urgently pleaded with us for their privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Listen, you are fake if you're not a giver. I said you are what? You are fake. I'm telling you. Hey. Begging us most insistently by force. Paul, we beg, take this thing, friend. Take it. For the favor and the fellowship of contributing in this ministration for the relief and support of the saints in Jerusalem. Hey, these very poor saints were given to other poor people. You see, that thing is revelation. Yes. If you are not a giver, you are not a giver. Yes. But you can train yourself. You can bring yourself out of that sickness. Not giving is a spiritual sickness. Yes. Truth be told, givers are livers. Do you know that giving is a legality? There was a time a woman died in the New Testament. You know her name? Dorcas. They went to show all her good deeds and her givings. The clothes she has sold for people, dashed to people, and they said, look at all her goodness. She can't die. And Peter said, put her in that room. <laughs> and Peter had a case to argue. Peter had a legal case to argue. And in prayer, she was brought back to life. Listen, sometimes there can be legal discussions. Something that's supposed to happen to you. Angels can say that, no, no. 
can't happen. This guy, if he dies, do you know the people who will suffer? It can't happen. Protect him. <laughs> My goodness. Right now, in my current state, I can't die. I'm telling you the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? I can't die. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, can you die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is simple. God so loved the world that he gave. If you so love God, you will give. See, don't try to calculate your life. Hey, my salary is thousand five. Me faka, me faka, me faka. All my transportation in the month, a bear seven hundred. See, thousand five minus seven hundred. The bear saying eight hundred. So eight hundred. No, hey, me did the me whole month calculation. Ah, me did the bear five hundred. I can't say. I can't three hundred. Hey, you ready? See, can I You know, you know, some little children are going to Sunday school. Their mother gave them offering for pie. And gave them offering, uh, give, give them money for pie and money for offering. And whilst he was going, and one of the monies fell in the gutter, they said, Jesus, that is your own. <laughs> so that child, he has sold the seed. That, that's, that's how he's growing <laughs> in his faith. He said, Jesus, who did not talk about anymore? Where a pie there? You see how corruption begins. <laughs> Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So, your offering can pay someone's school fees. If you don't know, your tithe, it can pay someone's school fees. Whilst we are, we want to help people expand God's kingdom. Right now, as we are here. We are paying people. We are paying people because we don't have our own venue. What is going to happen is that some of you are waiting for us to be sacked. They will meet outside. They say, "Church, no, they be." Oh, <laughs> People don't get it. You are resisting God without your giving. There are so many things we do and say to God without words. Our actions are saying it. So sometimes, uh, the kind of prayers we pray sometimes is a waste of time. Lord, open door. No, what is open door? If that door that is open to you, it's not doing anything for God. Please, are you following this thing? So, don't pray for an open door when God's kingdom is not in your heart. So, in the New Testament, this is how some of us waste our prayers, waste our time, and waste our anointing. And we say, the man of God, no, on I'm cold. Because we don't understand this thing. Don't wait to have before you give. It's a wrong principle. To give in your lack is a sign of faith. 
and without faith it's impossible to what please god now 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 come back with me to second corinthians chapter 9 the verse 5 i don't know if it's in 5 but no come to uh, 10 9 10 good now watch this thing this is something you need to learn i don't know why today i'm dwelling here he says now he that what ministered seed to the sower both minister what bread for your food do what multiply your seed sown this is serious this is serious this is serious god is saying that anybody who is called a christian he gives you two things he gives you seed and bread what is seed for sowing what is bread for eating every money that comes into your hands was was brought by god and he's expecting you to sow some and eat some some of you ate your seed and your bread together remember seed is for the future bread is a now if you don't eat bread now after two weeks it will go bad but if you don't eat your seed now and you sow it after 10 years you will live on it forever are you following what I'm saying so some of you don't know that your seeds are a preparation for your future and you are eating them in now I've seen some old men at the age of 70 years they are still begging to live these were people who ate their seeds and their bread together now this is a shocker he says multiply your what have you seen he doesn't multiply bread he mentioned two things there seed to the sower and bread for the food multiply your seed not your bread God does not multiply bread he multiplies seed I'm telling you why you, you are where you are. And increase the fruits of your, test, of your righteousness. This is talking about testimonies of your right deeds. God will multiply it. You have too many testimonies. I have too many testimonies of God's provisions. I sacrifice for people. Boom! God does it. Yes, yesterday night, someone sent me a momo from, I think, UK and this woman said I prayed for her after praying for her there was an attack she has been getting for years after I prayed for her for the first time she slept and she's been sleeping till now she just wanted to honor me and I needed it because I had to give a sacrifice to someone and it came now what we are saying well, I'm not saying you didn't plan your life but there are three principles in kingdom when you have money number one you pay God first number two you pay yourself second and number three you pay others this is scriptural who do you pay first God you see God always wants the first and the best so the principle is not the obligation the principle is the honor so this thing called titan is not the obligation that's not what we are looking it's the spirit behind it so God says when you have give me the first and the best first then you touch the rest so many of you are always thinking of how much you will lose when you give it without thinking of how much you will gain when you give it and that is your problem it's your revelation of God that is your problem it's your understanding of God 
nothing is too big nothing is too low for him your estimation of God determines your liberality how much is he worth to me please are you getting this that's why there is Nike shoe original and there is Nike Nike is 70 cities. Nike is 350 Ghana cities. If you want to wear original, you pay. You don't use Nike to buy Nike. You don't use Nike money to buy Nike. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? So, the estimation, the value placed on the product determines the price you pay to get it. So, if your estimation of God is low, what you invest to experience him will also be low. So now, I'll give you an example. Your salary is 500 Ghana cities. All your calculation for the lawyer for and everything, you realize that by the time you're done, you're left with 100 Ghana cities. So you can design a strategy that I will walk to church to make up for that money. And God said, what? You did this for me. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael! <laughs> Come and watch this one. You know, most of us don't know that our lifestyles are a TV set in heaven. And they are watching. Look, he said that after making his budget, he was left with only 30 CDs. And after he gave to me, this is his limited money. He said he has chosen that he's going to walk this month to church. You see what my creation is doing? You said I've lost all the humanity. Look, there's a remnant. God is rejoicing. He has made me proud. And God says, what can we do for him? So some of you, the discussion going on in heaven about your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There are some people, if the angels are busy working, and they call Isaac, they all stop working. <laughs> they say, what is, what is about Isaac? What is going on about his life? There's an emergency. He needs help. Everybody will stop and come. You only are working and they mention your name. I don't want to mention any name here. <laughs> In case your name is Pat. And you say, Daniel! 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 Michael, who here did they want it? So, some people think God is a robot. As long as what he has done in Christ, everything he has done is static. God loves you. <laughs> everything is robotic. People don't know you can move God's heart. They don't know. Every king came into power. When he came, they all gave one bullock. Solomon came, he gave thousand. God said, Hey! That is telling you God is not a bullock. He's moved. He's moved by things people do for him, he's moved by things people say to him. He's moved. And this morning, God is speaking to someone's heart. Align this heart well. God doesn't just use anything. He observes you. He scans your heart. Have you forgotten the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the earth looking for one person. Will you be that one person who will challenge him? Nobody knew that you walked to church because by the time you came, your shoes were dirty. You cleaned it and came to sit down. You are tired. You are sweating. Everybody's watching you. Why? You sacrifice for God. 
Don't forget him. Don't forget him. I told God, God, you have my own. Just name it and you have it. I told God and he has proven it. Yes. He knows it. Everything that belongs to me belongs to him. He will always get the glory in my life. Nothing is too expensive for him. Because I value him. And the last one is called sacrifice. My final scripture that we pray. Psalm 20, the verse 1 to 3. I'm telling you, in case you feel that your giving is doing nothing, this verse is to comfort you. That sometimes your giving is your defense. He says, The Lord hear thee in the what? Day of trouble. So you may be thinking it's just a general thing he's talking about. He says, The name of the God of Jacob, what? Defend thee. You may be thinking it's a general thing he's talking about. This one is not amen. Next verse. Send help from. So now come back to the verse one and see something. The first thing he spoke about was hear thee in day of trouble. Number two is what? Defense. Look at number three. The verse next two. It says, send what? Help. The first one is here in the day of trouble. Second is defense. The third is what? Help thee from the sanctuary and strengthen thee strength out of Zion. The verse 3. Check it. He says, remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. So, four things your offerings and sacrifices does is what? Sharing thee in the day of trouble. You don't shout defends you strengthens you and what helps you from his sanctuary you are behaving the way you behave because you lack understanding the quality of your experience of God is determined by the quality of your revelation of him. Yes. Despise this teaching and you will lose greatly after 50 years. Watch me. My life can never come down in any way. God knows. The angels knows. They know that there is no way I can ever come down. It's not possible. And I'm not saying this out of pride. I'm saying it out of knowledge. The things God has told me and the things I'm obeying in the scriptures. Yes. Which leading prayer? Rise up on our feet and let's pray. How many offerings did I mention? I mentioned. Are you sure? I said tithes, offerings, seeds, first fruits, and sacrifices. I didn't mention first fruit. Sit down. Eh? Now, first fruit. 
you know, I told you about, about what that man of God said. He didn't understand it. The fact that Christ is our first food does not mean we don't give our first food. Come with me to the book of uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse uh, 9. Is it 9 or, or 5? One of them. Now, he says, Anna. So, are you seeing that giving is what? Anna is the honor you have for God. He says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thine increase. Now, first fruit is very painful to give it because it is assumed that the first salary you receive, that is in our time today, you give everything back to God as a sign of what? Honor and sacrifice. Look at the next verse. He says, and so shall thy bands be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. This, this particular one is not for everybody. You need a certain level of faith to do it. So, it is one of the ways we give God a high honor that my salary went to God. You know, some of you, your problem is that you are thinking of the receiver. Hmm. The church will get money. Hmm. First fruit. Mm -mm. The church will get money. You don't have revelation. Listen, if you are in a church, you need first of all revelation about the church and revelation about the man of God. That's all you need. If you know what your church is and represents and who the pastor in charge is, be rest assured. I've told you as it stands now, I'm the highest giver. So what am I going, am I going to do with your coins? Or with your money? So don't let those things. You know, right now, social media is... See, you can lose your faith on social media. People are saying all kinds of things about pastors. Some are true. Some are things Satan is injecting so that Christians will not love their God anymore. Because hear me, you cannot know God fully without a local church and without a pastor. He gives some to be apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists, some what? pastors for the word perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry satan knows that if you make you develop hatred for pastors the ministry of the pastors will never bless your life that is why you must be careful your pastor may offend you but you must be careful of your heart because the one ministering to you is not perfect i may say something that may offend you but what about all the good times you had with me what about all the wonderful moments you had with me? So one thing I said made you angry and made you offended and you've forgotten about all the good times I shared with you. And that's selfish. You forget all the good things and only one thing that offended you becomes a platform you use to castigate the man of God. It's unfair. And sometimes if you don't take care, Satan will steal something from you by not giving you the right revelation. If God plants you in a local church, your beauty is in that local church. If you lose it, you may lose that beauty. Your establishment is in that local church. Your growth is in that local church. If you disconnect yourself prematurely, you pay the price. The church I was from, at a point, I was not handled well. I never left out of offense. 
For two years, I was not made to preach. I felt like a fish out of water when I go to church. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I'm going to church, I'm weeping. But I still went to church. I was playing drums. I was making notes. And that is maturity. People don't know that. Until God said, your time here is up. And even that, I wrote a letter thanking everybody, including the pastor who blessed my life. I never dishonored him. After five years, this year's birthday, I did one huge, me and my wife did a huge hamper and I saved money. It's in the thousands, I won't tell you. And I put it in an envelope. I went to his house and I went to honor him. When we finished our auditorium, I'll bring him, we'll do contributions and bless him because if he had not been that man of God, you will never know Isaac Lafapo. His name is called Reverend Justice Oleno. He made me who I am today. So when you have revelation and insight, you can overlook offense. God bless you.